Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Keep Left, the program of the Victorian Labor College. In the studio is uh, Kim Doyle. Hi, everyone. Morning, Kim, and morning, listeners, and uh, myself, Chris Gaffney. So, and at 10.30, we'll invite you to call up and have give your comment on anything we've talked about or anything we've not talked about. So, you're going to start, aren't you, Kim? Yes. Uh, well, police executed a search warrant on the Canberra headquarters of the CFMEU on Tuesday under the pretense of investigations into alleged bribery and corruption by senior union leaders. So the ACT police and staff from the Royal Commission into Trade Union Corruption searched their union headquarters for evidence of crimes, including apparently bribery and blackmail, seizing computer files and hardware. Uh, Police in three states are now investigating senior CFMEU leaders as a result of the so-called evidence gathered by investigators working on the Royal Commission. The union released a statement calling the event nothing other than a political stunt by the Royal Commission which is desperately trying to defend its credibility and purpose, which sounds about right, although it could be more sinister than that. Um, And it's been shown with the recent stuff with... um, Uh, Dyson Hayden, the judge that's heading up the Royal Commission, that not only do people... Completely unbiased judge. Oh, yes, completely. You meant to say. That's what I meant to say, Mm. yes. I meant... uh, Everyone's very defensive at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been shown that people not only think that he should stand down, this is in polls that I think were conducted by Fairfax, but that the Royal Commission should be dropped altogether. So I I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I mean, I'd like to see some more comprehensive polls, but already people seem to think it's a giant waste of money. And no doubt raiding the CFMEU offices is, uh, you know, further taxpayer dollars down the drain. So um, Hercules, which is a uh, ridiculously named police task force, um, has recently taken witness statements from multiple construction industry figures, i.e. bosses, as detectives attempt to charge Victorian CFMEU Secretary John Setka and his deputy Sean R. Reedon with blackmail in connection to the union's campaign against concrete firm Borrell. Now, this so-called blackmail was nothing other than the union officials doing their job. Borrell supplied concrete to Grocon, the company who was responsible for the wall collapse that killed three young students at Melbourne Uni and who refused to hire a CFMEU health and safety rep. So no connection between those two events at all. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. (laughs) So the so-called blackmail relates to uh, allegations that John Setka tried to cut off supply of concrete to Grocon through Borrell. This, if true, is simply good industrial strategy and exactly what unions should be doing to hit the bosses hard and fast. Quite. Um, So apparently this is blackmail. They also call... Well, the very existence of trade unions is an affront to all decent people, as you would know. Oh, exactly, mm. yes. But, you know, they also call it intimidation when union officials try and go on to work sites to inspect health and safety. Uh, so, And they call that strong-arming, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. So police witnesses have uh, reportedly been advised by detectives that a criminal brief against John Secker um, 
has been completed, um, as well as um, as well as uh, Sean, um, and that police are waiting to receive legal advice before laying charges. So what is so worrying about this is that uh, it's happened before. And these are exactly the trumped-up charges manufactured against leaders of the Builders Labourers Federation uh, before they were deregistered. So By the Labour government. By the Labour government. So in police, investigations are now effectively targeting the CFMU's most powerful figures across three states. And if these result in charges and convictions, it could be fatal to the union's hope of avoiding deregistration or being placed um, into administration. So it's uh, very important that the CFMU start fighting mm-hmm. um, because, you know, these overtures don't bode well. So there was a rumour going around that the Victorian officers had been raided. I don't know if people heard about this. No, no. Um, but that turned out to be a bizarre fiction manufactured by the Herald Sun, <laughs> which I'm not quite... How unusual. Yes. I'm not sure whether they did it on purpose, but... Um, they claimed that the CFMU's offices in Swanston Street had been raided by the Victoria Police in an article entitled Task Force, Task Force Hercules Police Raid CFMU Officers, um, only for the online article to be taken down and replaced two hours later with an article entitled Police Confirm No Raid on CFMU Headquarters. <laughs> right. So, Take your pick, which is the news. I know. Um so when I tried to click on the first article, the headline was there in Google, but it just took you to a page that said that it didn't exist anymore. Um, so the extremely terse article saying that there had been no raid said nothing except that there was not a raid and that the initial error was made by the reporter. Right. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's just a genuine incompetence. Well, that's right. I think they're biased getting the better of them. Yes, they just got excited. Mm-hmm. So CFMU sources in Victoria said police investigating Setka and Reedon for blackmail had not contacted the pair and said the timing of the revelations about the police's criminal inquiry was laughable given the media focus on Commissioner Hayden's um, bias assessment. So it's questionable uh, timing, you would say, Mm, mm, or fortunate mm, timing for them. So the Trade Union Royal Commissioner Dyson Hayden has deferred his decision on his future um, until Monday. So uh, it's incredible. He just gets to decide whether he's... His own fate. His own fate. Yes, a mini criminal would want this. I know, judge, jury and <laughs> executioner. Uh, so the commissioner has postponed Friday's decision on uh, his recu- recusal ap- application at the request of parties, the Royal Commission tweeted. So that's how people communicate now is through tweets. Um, so the decision, the decision to disqualify, the decision has been will now be expected on Monday. I just find it amazing that that, that the Liberal Party embarked on inviting him. What do they think that would do? Whether the inquiry, his inquiry, had finished or not, the mere fact of inviting him to address a Liberal Party function before, during, or after his stay as a commissioner, we think would be stupid. You would as well. A stupid political mistake. And. Um, they also claim that they did it like oh, a year or something or more before uh, the lecture was set to be given. It just so they had a year to withdraw it and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, that dumb say. Yeah, I mean he says you know he was invited before he was commissioner, but I just find it difficult to believe that they organise their speakers so far in advance. Well, yes, that's a that lie. That seems ludicrous. That's a lie. 
So this is the second time that um, Hayden has delayed his ruling. I think it was meant to come out um, on Tuesday, was it? Um, but he's, post- he's postponed it again. Um, but partly that's to do with the fact that they've unearthed some more evidence. Um, so on Thursday... Um, ACTU Secretary Dave Oliver said the union wanted time to consider more documents concerning Mr Hayden's actions in accepting and then withdrawing from the engagement. Mm. Um, And he said, We are asking that they provide us with the relevant information and that they should be prepared to defer um, handing down their decision until tomorrow. So they continue, We hope that this time round they will provide us with all the information in accordance with the original request that was made two weeks ago. Um, so it's come to light that email traffic relating to a Liberal Party function was withheld from union lawyers, so that's what the union is mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. going on about. So when they originally applied uh, for the Royal Commission uh, Commissioner to step down last week, they didn't actually have all the information. The call from the ACTU chief follows a report in The Australian on, thir- on Thursday that Mr Jeremy... Um, I'm not going to pronounce his last name wrong, um, Stotlier, um, who was a counsel assisting the Royal Commission, um, may have alerted Mr Hayden to the Liberal Party links to the event. So the report said that Chris uh, Wislow, the publications manager from the New South Wales Bar Association, um, had called, um, I'm going to call him Jeremy because I can't pronounce his last name, (laughs) uh, because he became concerned Mr Hayden's involvement in the event might soon appear in the media. So Mr Liswell reportedly asked uh, Jeremy whether Mr Hayden knew the event was connected to the Liberal Party and he was said to have replied that I'll raise it with him. The Royal Commission denies this. Uh, So it seems seems that the allegations are becoming deeper and deeper. It's what we always uh, suspected, I I think. He's as guilty as hell, the Hayden singer. I mean... Well, that was the reason he was appointed. Well, that's right, of course, and that must be blindingly obvious to everybody but the politicians. Yes, I think so. Um, so this, coupled with the recent revelations that former uh, Victorian Liberal State Director uh, was accused of stealing $1.5 million from the party, uh, I think this leaves us all wondering when there's going to be a Royal Commission into governance and corruption in the Liberal Party um, but I think the answer to that is pretty obvious. <laughs> we might After be, the revolution. We'll be waiting a little while. Um, and just to further note, um, Labor, the Labor Party and Bill Shorten's um, opinions on the construction industry. Um, on Wednesday, Mr Shorten um, called for an end to the ongoing ideological standoff between the governments and unions, saying that it was um, hamstringing change. And he said, I quote, If we live in a class warfare world waged either by ideological governments or unions, we fail. And right. he says, and we've, we've, we've done so brilliantly well without class struggle so far, haven't we? I mean, the working class has really done well by cooperating with the employers. Well, yes. Well, plus, uh, getting rid of class struggle basically means the working class lying down and taking it. Exactly. That's actually... Exactly. <laughs> Talk about if you don't fight, you lose. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Bill Shorten continued, Our focus should be on bringing interests together. Uh, This could start collaboratively in reforming industrial relations in construction and major projects. Uh, In in policy still being developed for the next election campaign, Labor is looking um, at a bunch of measures ranging from creating forums of interested parties for large projects to promote productivity. 
safety and best practice in training and qualifications, um, etc. Um, Shorten is also promising better treatment for subcontractors, um, apparently measures to encourage women into the industry, um, which I think better conditions would encourage women into the industry. If you think... Um, and job security. Um, and his statement on industrial relations really indicates that he's actually preparing to disarm uh, the argument by the Liberals um, that the ALP has union links and this somehow makes them... They're ashamed of them. They're ashamed yeah, they're ashamed basically of their origins and the people who put them in power. Um, well, they're a capitalist party and having links to the unions is, is a contradiction in their terms. Exactly, and I think that what they're trying to do is basically um, head off any criticism of their association with the um, CFMU, which is actually the most militant um, union in the country at the moment mm-hmm. and exactly the kind of people who they should be fighting for. Well, of course they should, and all the rest of the trade union should be like the CMFEU. Mm-hmm. Then workers might not suffer. Exactly. Um, So, I mean, it just really shows you that, you know, it's a further right-wing turn of the Labor Party and uh, Bill Shorten is nothing but, I think, a gangster and a careerist. You know, he uses the the industrial power of the, you know, the Australian Workers' Union to get himself in good with Parliament and, um, you know, further his career, but he's happy to throw workers under the bus. Well, that's that's right. And I I think the low opinion of both the leaders is the result. I mean, people have total cynicism towards the Liberal and the Labour Party, quite rightly. Um, Images, there were images last Tuesday uh, of the destruction by the Islamic Islamic State of Iraq and Syria of a 2,000-year-old temple of Baal Shamin in the city of Palmyra. And uh, the uh, IS... Uh, Muslim militants went on and uh, cut off the head of an 82-year-old archaeologist who'd spent his life uh, in the excavation and restoration of these ancient treasures. I mean, uh, a 2,000-year-old temple. He'd been the head of antiquities for nearly half a century and uh, he was beheaded by IS for not uh, uh, directing them to the the rest of the museum's Goodies, ancient goodies. He was protecting them so they cut his head off. Now, there's no question that those responsible for these act and far bloody atrocities against the Syrian people are criminals and should be held accountable. The obstacle to bringing them to justice, uh, those principally responsible, is hindered by the fact that they are the former and current chief officials in the White House, the Pentagon and the CIA. It was these people in the White House, Pentagon and CA who laid waste to one Middle Eastern country after another while working with the Islamist forces that comprise ISIS to carry out wars of regime change against a series of secular Arab governments. Saddam Hussein, um, Gaddafi and now in Syria. The systematic destruction of a cultural heritage carried by IS has an, an historical precedent in the crimes carried out by Pol Pot and the Khmer regime in Cambodia from 1975 to 79. The similarities between ISIS and the Khmer Rouge don't end with their barbaric assaults on culture and human life. In both cases, the preconditions for these atrocities have been created through the destruction of entire societies by US imperialism. And the West is reaping the rewards of this in the uh, 
human refugee crisis of millions of people on the escape. This is only because the West has bombed the crap out of this place for mm. the last 25 years. I wonder as well, is I think it's true that Obviously, the US opposed the Khmer Rouge famously for quite a while, but then later ended up supporting them. I can imagine them doing the same with IS if it suited them. Well, I think they already do that. In Syria, they're supporting the IS. In Iraq, they're fighting them. And in both cases, they're arming them. Talk about policy being a mess. Getting back to Cambodia, a US bombing campaign, and this is why we're saying that the United States is the one responsible for the refugee problem, for the destruction in the Middle East. In Cambodia, for example, a US bombing campaign dropped 332,000 tonnes of explosives on the country in four years. More than all, more than three times the bombs dropped on Japan during the entire Second World War. The resulting death toll was estimated to be as high as 600,000 people, while 2 million people out of a total population of 7 million were made homeless and economic life was shattered. In Iraq, the illegal US invasion of 2003, the systematic occupation and destruction of what had been had, Iraq had one of the most advanced health and social infrastructures in the Arab world. They also had the greatest rights for women in the Middle East. All that's been gone. The United States has been involved in wars for over 35 years, beginning with the CIA's orchestration of the war for regime change against the Soviet-backed government in Afghanistan, which, although it was Soviet-backed and hardly a model of democracy, advanced women's rights and advanced education for women right throughout that country, all of which is gone now. Nine months before the last US troop withdrew from Iraq in December 2011, Washington and its NATO allies launched another unprovoked war of aggression to topple the government of Gaddafi in Libya, and imposed their own puppet regime over the oil-rich North African country. Islamic militias used were used as US proxies in the Libyan war, along with tons of captured Libyan weddings were subsequently funneled with the aid of the CIA into the civil war in Syria, strengthening IS, the people they claim to oppose, and Mr Abbott keeps telling us is a death cult, and helping create the conditions for the IS to actually overrun more than a third of Iraq. The New York Times on Tuesday published a lengthy article reflecting an internal debate within the Obama administration over whether to provide more direct supports to Allah al-Sham, a Sunni Islamist militia with links to al-Qaeda. The group already receives extensive backing from key US allies Turkey and Qatar. The horrific consequences of decades of US wars are now beginning to spill into Europe with the increasingly desperate flights of hundreds of thousands of refugees, in many cases at the cost of their own lives, from homelands that Washington has turned into killing fields. And, of course, some of them are trying to come Australia, to Australia. And Australia bears a responsibility to these people because they have participated in the destructions of their society from which these people are, are, are flowing. Politically and morally, the US government and the top officials, starting with Bush and Obama, are totally responsible for all the crimes, atrocity and human suffering resulting from the multiple wars of aggression they initiated. None of them have been held to account. Representatives and defenders of an oligarch of corporate billionaires, they are not under the present uh, setup, 
they're not answerable to the American people, whose opposition to the war they, uh, they routinely defy. Under, <coughs> now, in Australia, <coughs> Prime Minister Abbott is facing intense pressure from the corporate leaders in this country who want to impose savage austerity measures. Uh, Abbott faces the prospect of removal if his Liberal National Government polls badly in a federal by-election to be held in Western Australia on September the 19th. The by-elections being held amongst plummeting share prices, a rout of mining commodity export prices, reflecting the deepening impact of China's slowdown. After all, China is capitalist, and it's experiencing, for the first time, poor dears, a capitalist crisis. Well, they better get used to it. Because this is the way, this is the way of, of such things. You want to join the club? This is what you get. That's right, that's right. You join the Capitalist Club, here you are. Um, this crisis is further intensifying the demands of big businesses in Australia for the government to move aggressively to override the widespread pub- public hostility that's produced the parliamentary impasse on many of its measures. The aim of being, of course, to slash social spending, attack workers' conditions and... Late, the latest initiative, of course, is to give tax concessions to the rich while raising the GST. They could hardly be more blatant. Mm. Hit the poor to pay for tax relief for the rich. Unnamed senior Liberal officials have told Fairfax outlets that Adams, uh, Abbott's leadership will be all over if the coalition loses a seat, which lies on the semi-rural fringes of Perth, the state capital. The Liberal Party last week selected his candidate, uh, uh, a trained killer, called Andrew Hasty. Hasty decision, you might think. An ex-S, sorry about that, <laughs> ex-SAS officer. It's an indication that the government will resort to militarism, anti-Islamic terror scare campaigns and anti-refugee witch hunting to divert from his economic and political problems. Hasty himself commanded frontline troops in, in Afghanistan and later became advisor to Operation Sovereign Borders, the military operation to repel asylum seeker boats. And not just that, but to keep it all secret, it's just absolutely horrendous, the lack of democracy and transparency. Well, that's right, that's right. Open government, you're joking. Soaring unemployment in Western Australia and Canning in particular, this is the seat that's coming up for by-election, is a sharp expression of the reversal overtaking capital, Australian capitalism, bound up with the collapse of the protracted mining boom. Since 2006, at the height of the boom, Western Australia's official unemployment rate has more than doubled, from a low of 29 to 6.4%. And these figures are bullshit anyway. You can triple those effects if you're talking about actual real employment. But even within their totally phony figures, the unemployment rate's gone up nearly 3%, three times. Even on these greatly underestimated official figures, the Mandurah region, which covers Canning, has the highest jobless rate in the state. 10.8, well, it's probably more like 28%, or more than double the inner Perth rate of 5%. A recent Roman Catholic report on social disadvantage, dropping off the edge, 2015 it's called, listed the Mandura local government area as the most affected in the country. In an attempt to divert from this economic and social disaster, the Abbott government has selected a candidate in line with its efforts to drum up a war atmosphere. 
In other words, when the Abbott government runs out of decent explanations or any explanations at all for attacking the poor and profiting the rich, they scream terror. And as I keep replying, the, the statement of the advisor to Clinton, talk about war. You will win an election if you can scare the stupid people. And that's exactly the theory that Tony Abbott's uh, going on at the moment. Uh, well, over the weekend, uh, Abbott vehemently defended Hastie, the Liberal Party candidate, after the newspaper reported that the, re the recently resigned SAS captain commanded a human unit whose soldiers faced a military investigation for chopping off the hands of three people labelled Taliban fighters. I was just saying, God, there's... That they killed in Afghanistan. Yeah, it's just, there's been, it's been uncovered that, you know, the Australian forces did exactly the same kind of horrific techniques that the US forces used against the people in Afghanistan, you know, chopping off fingers and all the rest of it. Well, this, this they said this was for identification purposes. Now, why they would need to, I mean... In fact, Haiti uh, criticised the military for continuing the investigations into the mutilations. Claiming off the chopping of hands arose, it's I'm quoting him here, it's critical when you're fighting the Taliban that you go to the weapons and do what you can to investigate the precise identification of your enemy. Well, I would have thought if he was dead, they're not going to be much trouble to them. Well, you can take fingerprints without cutting off people's hands. Well, good point, good point. Last Saturday, Bill Shorten, that fierce warrior of the left who leads the Labour Party, effectively joined Abbott in springing to Hastie's defence, saying, oh, I respect the work of defence forces. I respect they work they've done overseas. Well, I don't, and I don't suppose you do either. Is he going to start campaigning for him? Hmm? Is he going to start campaigning <laughs> for him? Of course he will, but quite. Hastie declared that his military service would be directly relevant to overcoming Australia's political crisis. I think he's speaking nearer the truth than he realised. Which he associated, the crisis that is, he associates this with big spending by governments and a threat to Western cultural values, which is, of course, a clear reference to Islam. Australian and Western cultural values are under threat, he says, and future generations of Western Australians will inherit a tax burden to subsidise the big spending of the previous Labour government. Now, just on that little tiny point, the biggest uh, spender of funds was Howard, who gave, and this is why the, the, the governments have had a financial crisis, because Howard, against any saneness, gave a whole range of income tax cuts to very rich people, mm. which meant to say they paid less tax, thus the deficit problem. There was, which, there was some sort of investigation, I can't remember what, it was by some sort of uh, bourgeois institution where I think it might have been something to do with the UN um, one of their auspices or something, mm. but that actually said that the most wasteful spending, I mean, this is their definition of wasteful mm. spending, but still it says something, in Australia was made under the Menzies and the Howard government, uh, the two governments that are lauded as being, you know, coming in and fixing. Labor's, yes, I know, you know, I know. Well, the uh, embezzlement of funds by the Liberal Party state brand shows what great financial managers they are. If one of their own members can knock off, what, two... 1.5 <laughs> and they don't notice. And no one well, it shows how much money they've got for a start. Australian Western cultural values, says this, this uh, hasty, are under threat. And uh, we've got to stop the big spending of the previous Labor governments. A lie, of course. This chilling message, of course, suggests that military experience should be brought to bear in overcoming popular opposition to austerity measures. 
This reflects the mounting demands of the financial elite in this country for urgent action to impose the burden of the economic breakup of capitalism on the poor and the working class. And that's what this is about. And so uh, it's interesting that he's, they have, these liberals have picked this gung-ho uh, uh, trained killer as their representative. Mm. Uh, because if how, uh, Abbott, who seems to like delight in repeating things again and again and again, is going to be crying terror, terror, terror all the way to the by-election. In yes. other words, to frighten people into voting for the liberals once again. And they're joining the war in Syria. We're not sure what side they're going to pick, but... As if Australia's contribution to this war is going to make any difference whatsoever, and it's pretty clear, I would have thought, that the desire to get Australia involved is not coming from the Americans, it's coming from Australia. How is Morris saying, oh, please, let me come, let me come. I, I want to come too. Well, I want to come too. Yeah, how come you get all the fun bombing the shit out of the Syrians? We want a bit of that too. In some ways, uh, it's been more going home. Well, that's right, because it serves a a domestic political agenda. If you can keep people worried about the threat of, oh, we better stick with the government, they're determined to stop the boats with all these awful refugees coming over here uh, claiming human rights. (laughs) You know. (laughs) The cheek. The cheek. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.